Welcome back to the Order in Progress podcast. I'm your host, Will Safford, and today we have another solo episode. Today we're going to be talking about why jiu-jitsu is destroying your body. So after two knee surgeries, years of back pain, countless trips to the doctor, and thousands of dollars spent on relief, I really believe that that is testament to the fact that jiu-jitsu is at least bad for your body. And after the age of 35, the negative effects of training seem to compound. It takes much longer to warm up, longer to recover, and the aches and pains that usually went away after a day or two seem to hang around for much longer. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Now, as we all know, when you step on the mat, you are accepting the risk that comes with live combat. We all sign the waiver. But I'm not talking about the random twists and freak accidents that do happen when you're doing a combat sport like jiu-jitsu. And although these things may be painful and can even be life-changing, those are not the things that are ruining your body. I am talking about the negative effects that the innate positions of jiu-jitsu have on your body over months and years. Recently, a popular YouTuber posted a video with the title, Jiu-Jitsu Saved My Life But Destroyed My Body. You can go search it on YouTube right now and, and watch him. And after this video came out, a popular podcast responded. And the podcast didn't seem to think it was jiu-jitsu that was destroying his body. They seemed to believe that it was either his lack of knowledge of how to properly care for his body or a lack of applying this knowledge. So I, I agree that the responsibility is on you, the grappler, to take your health into your own hands. But I do believe that there are many factors that make regular jiu-jitsu practice bad for your body. Ultimately, I believe jiu-jitsu is destroying your body. And here's why. Number one, compression. I've spoken about the negative effects of compression before. Now, compression itself isn't inherently bad. In fact, it's necessary for movement and strength. The problem becomes when there is repetitive compression that sits within the system that isn't relieved over time. When your body becomes compressed, your muscles and joints become restricted. Ultimately, that will lead to an underperforming system. Now, many times in jiu-jitsu, you are compressing the body. There is a, a common principle to remain tight and to close the space when you're grappling. You know, when, a, when an opponent can create wedges between your limbs and kind of pull you apart, create space, they can then open up attacks and that's when you become vulnerable. So you stay tight and you stay compressed. You also create compression to produce force and strength. You need to produce force and strength in order to attack, defend, and counter. So again, compression is necessary and a part of the game. However, if you're training a few days a week, constantly compressing the system, that will have a lasting effect on your body. And very few people dedicate time to decompression or even a cool down after class. But that is exactly what you need to relieve the compression created from training and what you need to maintain a high functioning body. So without decompression, the body will adapt to this new state, this new compressed state, 
which could lead to pain, dysfunction, and overall poor performance. Number two, jiu-jitsu promotes bad posture. Now, there are a lot of different opinions out there on posture in general. Some people don't really believe it has anything to do with performance. Some people don't believe it has anything to do with pain. Whatever you believe is fine. But I believe that working to improve the alignment of your body and the integrity of your structure is something worthy of doing. I have a friend, Ryan Hurst. He's a lifelong martial artist. He doesn't necessarily believe in good or bad postures, but that there are simply different postures needed at different times to achieve different outcomes. And I tend to agree with this. You do need different postures within jiu-jitsu, but there is one posture that you regularly experience when you're doing jiu-jitsu, and that's a kyphotic hunched over rounded position. The upper back is rounded, the spine is rounded, and the hips are tucked under. This is a flexed forward position with the with the pelvis is posteriorly oriented. So this is a necessary position. You know, getting back to the to the first one with compression, you need to assume this, you need to do these things in jujitsu in order to protect your limbs, keep everything close, defend your vulnerable areas like your neck, chest, and, and your stomach. But this position is also very frequent in many different positions within jiu-jitsu. You know, definitely from the guard. Almost all guards have this type of rounding. When you're in a top position, passing. When you're standing to perform takedowns, you can just imagine a wrestler who's kind of got this hunched over position. And also from side and back control. So again, these postures are not necessarily the problem when you're training. You have to do them. The problem becomes when your body adapts to this position and it becomes the posture that you assume off the mat. The muscles on the anterior chain, the front of the body, become chronically tight, pulling your entire structure down and forward, including your head, your neck, your shoulders, and also your hips. The flex forward position is the exact opposite of vitality. In fact, it's a defensive unconfident posture that promotes shallow breathing. It puts pressure on your solar plexus and you can't really take a deep full breath when you're when you're hunched over like this. It is the position of a scared animal and it's also the position of an old human being. You can picture an old human hunched over. So in addition to relieving compression, you must work your posterior chain and focus on undoing the negative postural effects of jiu-jitsu. Number three, jiu-jitsu is front chain dominant. So this kind of goes in with the posture that I just mentioned. You know, the necessary positions of jiu-jitsu are anterior chain focus, meaning the active muscles are the front core, like the rectus abdominis, the hip flexors, and also the front neck, chest, and shoulders. With so much stress and attention put on the anterior chain, these muscles become overactive and dominant. The muscles of the posterior chain become underactive with the exception of the lats. There is pulling. You do have for sure activity of the posterior chain when you're doing jiu-jitsu. It's not just hanging out there not doing anything. you know. But the glutes, the spinal erectors, the hamstrings, the rear neck, they often become over-lengthened and weak with the front 
becoming short and compressed. Now, there's a concept from GoTo Movement Systems that promotes back chain dominance. Through their research of the best performing athletes of all time, indigenous tribes, high performing senior athletes, meaning people over 70 who are still exuding exceptional performance qualities, they have all concluded that all of these athletes remain back chain dominant. So in other words, the best performers who also exude exceptional resilience and durability, they're able to last for a long time, have very strong and highly active posterior chains. In fact, the posterior chain muscles become the dominant supporting muscles in their movement as opposed to the frontal chain. Jiu-Jitsu, in contrast, promotes development of the frontal chain. If you want to have a long, resilient career on the mats or a long, resilient life for that matter, investing time in becoming back chain dominant will serve you very well. Becoming back chain dominant will also aid in improving that posture that I spoke about and relieving the compression that often occurs on the front side of the body. The next reason why jiu-jitsu is destroying your body is due to the lack of foot input. So... Most athletics are performed on the feet. All traditional field and court sports are played in an upright position on two feet. Humans evolved to be on two feet and to move forward. Our feet have more nerve endings per square centimeter than any other part of the body and are vitally important for continuously giving us feedback of where we are in space. Ground reaction forces are typically experienced through the feet and allow us to transfer force through the body. Jiu-Jitsu, however, is rarely played on the feet. It is for sure. Don't get me wrong. You're on your feet. Definitely when you're doing takedowns, when you're passing. But it is mostly played. If you're playing guard, you're mostly on your back. And it's often played on the knees. So... That valuable input that our body has been designed to receive and process is severely diminished when grappling. That input is vital for your body organizing itself to properly transmit and receive force. Also, when the feet are grounded or in a closed chain position, the joints can better create stability, which will help transfer force along the appropriate lines of muscles which also protect the joints from unwanted movement. Jiu-Jitsu is often open chain, meaning your feet are in the air with no fixed point to create torque or stability. In my opinion, Jiu-Jitsu allows force to transfer through the body less than optimally and certainly worse than it would through more predictable environments like on a court or a field. Again, the body was meant to be on two feet moving forward, We are designed to walk, run, and throw. Jiu-Jitsu goes against this. In fact, it promotes the most vulnerable position of any animal and definitely a human being, which is being on your back with your feet in the air. So we really must consider foot health and maintaining locomotive muscles, the muscles that you move, that you use to move forward in space. You have to really keep a focus on that in order to stay optimal. The next reason why is that there are effects on the nervous system that many people don't consider. 
this kind of builds on all the previous points. Very, like I said, very few people consider what is happening to the nervous system when you're doing a combat sport. When you are intentionally repeating these poor positions, or let's call them less than optimal positions with your body as you are in jiu-jitsu, you are telling your nervous system, I want to adapt to this position. Essentially, you're saying, I want to get good at these poor positions. It's a similar idea to when you're sitting. When you sit regularly, you're telling your body and your brain to maintain and adapt to that position. Now, in addition to that, everyone experiences emotions when you're rolling. We all get nervous, especially before competitions, but also a lot of times in the weight room or the training room too. So when you are training with these emotions and you are repeating these unoptimal patterns with holding the different positions required in jiu-jitsu, your nervous system is in a state of fight or flight. It's a sympathetic state. Now, this is only a theory, but I believe the combination of the two, the emotions and the positions that you're holding, you are essentially imprinting this into your nervous system. And I can count on one hand the amount of jujitsu classes I've been to where the instructor has let it cool down after class. The cool down is where you're telling the nervous system that the fight is over. You can relax. It's time to get out of fight or flight. Get into rest and digest, which is the parasympathetic state, which really starts the recovery process. When you skip this, when you skip the cool down, like it's done in almost all schools, you are never telling your body to come back to parasympathetic. And thus, you maintain this level of fight or flight. And of course, it'll decrease naturally. But over time, you're constantly giving this signal and you're, and you're not coming back to parasympathetic you might start to live in a low-level sympathetic state all the time. And your body may adapt to this new state. So without activating the parasympathetic part of your nervous system, your ability to handle stress suffers. As I mentioned, parasympathetic is rest and digest. That is when you recover. And when you're not activating that, your recovery will suffer, your sleep will suffer, and ultimately... All of those things are needed for optimal performance. So therefore, your performance and I believe your longevity on the mats and in life will suffer as well. So giving attention to the effects that jujitsu and fight sports have on your nervous system is extremely important and will help you greatly, not only in jujitsu, but in all aspects of your life. Okay, the final reason why jujitsu is destroying your body is because we have a lot of uninformed instructors out there in schools who are not really taking any of this into consideration. There is a lack of knowledge out there in most schools. You know, how, how many of these points that I previously listed, how many schools are actually taking that into account when they design their curriculums, their course structure, their classes? Very few. You know, it's very rare to find, like I mentioned, any jujitsu school that runs any type of a cool down, but the warmups themselves are laughable at a lot of schools. They are outdated. They're, in my opinion, ineffective. And I've been to quite a few schools where there isn't even a warm up. You just go right into technique. So 
that's a big issue of why I think jujitsu in indirectly indirect reason why jujitsu is destroying your body. You know, the the running joke is that purple belts hide in the locker room and skip the warm-ups. But I think this may be one of the absolute worst things you can do, especially as you age and the dangers of regular training, doing this regularly, that stuff will start to take a hold on your body and your nervous system. So ultimately, the responsibility is on you, the student, to obtain the knowledge to counter the negative effects of jujitsu and then to maintain the discipline to apply this knowledge every day. So final thoughts here. We all love jujitsu, right? It's got amazing benefits. It's life-changing. Uh, there's, there's so many reasons why if you train, you already know all the, the powerful benefits that jujitsu has uh, on your life. But it is destroying your body. Now, compound all of the things I just mentioned. Then you add the dynamic nature of the sport and the freak accidents that do happen Plus the fact that we're trying to submit each other. We really are trying to hurt each other. That's the goal. You tap out due to pain of in, or pain or threat of injury. And you know, you combine all these things and you're just you are so close all the time when you step on that mat to pain and dysfunction. So if you want to stay in the game to black belt and beyond, and you want to be pain-free not only in jujitsu, but in your everyday life, then you really need to start undoing the negative effects that this martial art will have on your life. So if you are interested in learning how to undo some of these negative effects, I go deep on countering all these things and how to optimize your body for really durability Durability, the ability to stay on the mat pain-free and to endure what you're putting your body through. And I do that in my Saturday newsletter. So if you're interested, you can go to seekprogress.com. I've got a bunch of sign-up links there. You can just sign up. And uh, that's it for today, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. And we will see you on the next episode.